Two transfer tight ends in just about as many days. Carter Johnson started off the week. The Butler Community College Juco transfer. Now we have Dylan Devaney coming here from Georgia Tech. We're going to review his game, what he could potentially bring to this room. We're going to talk about the battle for the tight end two spot. We're going to highlight Gavin Bartholomew a little bit and the role he could potentially have and what this showcases about him. And Pitt Baseball as well in the ACC tournament, trying to strengthen that tournament resume. Going to need to make a run. Well, they did the first step they needed to do here today on Tuesday. We're going to discuss their hopes as well as they face Louisville tomorrow at 11. We're going to talk about all that today on this episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. Our Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. Folks, as always, I'm your host, Nick Farabaugh. If you are making sure to watch this on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, turn on the notification bell, do all that great stuff. If you are listening to this on podcast, make sure to leave a review. Give me feedback. Cannot make the show as good as possible without all you guys chiming in here on the interwebs. But today, we're talking a little bit about... Another transfer tight end Pitt has gotten. We mentioned this on the Monday episode that Pitt could potentially be looking out for another transfer tight end. Didn't feel like that room was completely settled and filled in as you necessarily thought it would. Yes, Carter Johnson brings a nice different dimension to this squad, but still a lot to do for this Panthers squad coming in as a whole. And now they add Dylan Devaney to this group. You really like what you're getting here. This is the guy that we're talking about in terms of that athlete, right? That athletic type that Pitt is actually going to bring to the table. You got to say, I love the idea of bringing in a guy that's more athlete than a blocker, right? Because Johnson, good athlete, but really good blocker. And that's really what his takeaway was while he has different usages throughout the offense. And I don't think he's going to be a pure fullback we kind of talked about all those different tweaks he can bring, right? The Doran Dickerson type of role that he can play. It's not just, okay, this guy's a tight end. This guy is a fullback. This guy could do H-back or he can flex out as a pseudo receiver. He can do a lot of different things. So you're not going to get a guy that's just playing in line at tight end. I think you have a more traditional tight end type, but you have a different archetype, right? So Gavin Bartholomew was this blocker that could catch out of the backfield, was a big rumbler down below played H-back, fullback, that offset back um, in, in the shotgun pistol-like formation, right? That L formation, if you will. And so that is something that we could maybe still see. You know, Frank Sinead is going to be a different type of offense coordinator, and we talk about the 12 personnel, 13 personnel possibilities when you go two tight end, three tight end sets potentially. But this is a guy that brings together a lot of the dreams you would like in that type of athletic mold of tight end that I think Pitt was looking for, right? Haven't really replaced Lucas Crawl just yet. And so while you have a guy like a Carter Johnson coming in and you have Gavin Bartholomew, who you really trust at that spot, there's not a guy that's quite there just yet. You're saying, yes, 
this is who I wanted to be that next Lucas Kroll. Now, Devaney is a guy that is very, very athletic. And that is his big thing. So how can you use his athleticism to kind of mesh the matchups and, and kind of fight what you want to do? Because I think that he is going to take that curl role. And he's got a very expansive route tree. Now, Johnson also has that. And I think that's part of his upside is that he has such great upside as a blocker and a catcher, even though he probably is a little bit more polished as a blocker coming from that D-line background. Going to understand hand usage and understand kind of the strategies of the offensive line position. So you're going to understand it a little bit better. But let, let's look at someone like, for example, a guy like Dylan Devaney. Good athlete, really crisp and quick up the seam. Going to be a guy that's going to get a good number of targets, I would think, in this offense. And if, if he kind of carves out that role and proves himself, I don't think anything's going to be given to him. Again, hasn't proven a ton here at Georgia Tech. Dealt with some injuries this past year. A guy that came in from New Jersey pretty highly rated, 6'6", six, six, very similar to Lucas Crawl in this way. Six foot six, very athletic, former basketball and baseball player. So you got a three sport athlete coming in here. Just a lot of untapped upside. It is exactly the type of guy that Lucas Crow was, right? Kind of reminds you of that background in a lot of ways. And he is that type of guy that's going to be able to work underneath. He can make some tough catches. Again, the production over his career, it's not very plentiful. Only 14 catches for 102 yards and a touchdown. But when he was able to get going, it was working up those seams. It was able to use his athleticism to make things a lot tougher for defenses. Because I think that Devaney is a guy that has played a lot, right? Made a couple starts in his freshman year. Has played over 500 snaps in his college career. But he's played a lot of snaps, well, maybe not having that ton, ton of production. And it, it's not like he's going to be doing a ton of role. I, I think that, you know, you'll see him maybe split out a little bit. You'll see him in line. But about that's probably about it. You're not going to see him fullback. You're not going to see him as H-back. I, I don't, he doesn't strike me as that guy. Not strong enough, in my opinion, to completely crisp himself in there as a perfect – say, H-back. He just doesn't have that hand use, just that natural strength, a little bit lean. Doesn't mean he's a bad blocker. He tries. He's big, could potentially develop into that, but that's not a strength on film right now. His strength is as a receiver. And so I think that this is where Pitt's going to look for him to really pick up the slack. Because you have a guy in Gavin Bartholomew who could potentially be a really good receiver for you as the tight end. But I think he's a lot less proven than people will kind of give him credit for. I think that a lot of people are, are expecting Bartholomew to kind of rack up everything that he has last year and just take it to the train and go full steam ahead, right? I, I don't necessarily know if, if that's 100% going to happen. doesn't mean I don't like Gavin Bartholomew, and I want to discuss this a little bit more in depth because this is something I think people aren't talking enough about. There's a lot of adjustment from the role that Gavin Bartholomew played last year in Mark Whipple's offense. So the one he's going to be asked to play this year in the Frank Signetti offense, and we know how tight end centric his offense is. So you're going to need 
the tight end. So this makes complete sense. That's why they brought in Devaney and Johnson. They need as many tight ends as possible. And that doesn't mean that Brenda, Mitchell, Wright, these guys aren't going to be able to compete. Faulkner, they will compete, I think, for these jobs. But now they have a ton of tight ends on the roster. The scholarship tight ends are, are racking up. And so you have the ability to mix and match these personnel and essentially let the best man win. And you feel a lot better having some guys that you think have some upside from other schools like a Johnson and Devaney coming in here. And you kind of have that Kroll-esque, I think, component now when you get a guy like Devaney with his athleticism, his basketball background, swift feet, really quick and go up, win above the rim. That's the type of guy we're talking about here in Dylan Devaney. I do want to talk about Gam Bartholomew, who I think might win that tight end two battle. But first, let me let you guys know about Rock Auto. Because, folks, with the ever-number-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you could ever need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Folks, you don't have to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more from all the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you can save so much money on rockauto.com where the prices are reliably low for every customer and you can have anything from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, and so much more. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Buck? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast. Still talking a little bit about this tight end room, and I think we gave a decent primer on it on Monday. Uh, I think we talked about some of these guys. And the tight end room kind of being all there for the most part. I think that it's getting stronger. I think that you're adding depth. I think that you're adding complementary pieces and different skill sets to this group. I think that's what you have really wanted to see out of Pitt, right? Let's add as many different types of groups, mix and match as many different things as we can in this room and maximize this room throughout the entire offense. Because the Franks today offense requires 12 personnel, 13 personnel. We talked about this and where we said he's going to want to dictate matchups, right? Over the middle of the field, what are you going to be able to do there? Mesh, different types of things, over routes, flag routes, different types of routes, up the seam, obviously. If you want a key example of this, obviously, Doran Dickerson is a huge example of that in Pitt history, but go just a few years back to Boston College. Look what he did with Hunter Long, and you'll see how Frank Sinai's offense can feature a really good tight end. Running routes all over the field, great red zone target. This is where he really likes to use the tight ends in the red zone, you know, using different types of red zone looks to kind of mix and match things. Pitt's now three deep, not just a tight end, and I want to say this, not just at tight end, but fullback and H-back. Because at fullback, you have Daniel Carter, you have Carter Johnson, and then you could even see a guy like Cole Mitchell fit in there, right? H-back, Carter Johnson. Gavin Bartholomew can fit in there. Trevor Faulkner's played there a little bit. Renda's played there a little bit. In line, you have Bartholomew, Devaney, and Renda. So you have all these guys that can play in line, but you're you're 3D at every single spot now 
that's associated with the tight end position, right? And so I think that's going to help because you can let the best man win at each position and decide, okay, this is how we're going to attack this. This is how we're going to, you know, this is who we're going to use the block up split zone. This is how we're going to use in the flat. This is what we feel comfortable with. Now, Gavin Bartholomew specifically is obviously going to be counted on as being the big leader in the room, tight end one. There's no question about that, I think. But they're going to want Gavin Bartholomew to be the star of the show. Now, that can have its drawbacks and its advantages. You're throwing a sophomore into a role he didn't really do a lot of. And I think we need to keep our eye on that. In that his route tree is expanding greatly. He was set to very condensed routes. Not a lot of downfield routes, not a lot of attacking leverage, a lot of things in the flats, you know, some drag routes, nothing crazy though. And so he's going to have to expand his game to a different level. And I think this is where maybe you could have a little bit of trepidation still about this room. What if Gavin Bartholomew doesn't have the route running ability and the savvy to do this? I think he's a complete hoss in terms of his blocking potential. We have seen that time and time again. This guy can block his his behind off. Really just destroys guys as that H-back, as that lead blocker, the wham blocker in the hole. Fantastic blocker on the end man as the end man on the line of scrimmage. Can work from an inline line and do that very well. Can work in the flat. Great yak tight end. Very tough to bring down. Pretty fast for his size as well. A guy that's versatile and can fit in so many different roles. But that's not the question here, right? This is not the question we are asking. After all, the question we are asking here is rather, what is Pitt going to be able to do with Gavin Bartholomew in terms of the entirety of that inline role? Because this is the big year for Gavin Bartholomew. You're going to prove your money's worth here now. It's going to be sink or swim. Can you run a great flag route? Can you run up the seam at a high level? Can you run a great skinny post? Can you run all these different routes? And can you split out wide? Very, very consistently and do it at a high level. And I think there are definitely 100% questions about that. And so I look at it and say... They're going to need it because I can see, say, a combination of Bartholomew being who he was last year and maybe bring Dylan Devaney in to be the crawl last year and them running a ton of 12 personnel. Because remember, Pitt ran a ton of 12 personnel last year, too. Now, maybe it's, you know, the, the Whipple offense is not as predicated on the tight end position as, say, the Signetti offense is, but it definitely still is because pro style offenses use sizes mismatches to dictate personnel matchups. So you're going to see that still be a key factor, I think, for this team moving forward. And rightfully so, right? They have enough tight end depth and talent, they're going to use it. And I think in the right way, you can see Pitt potentially stack up these tight ends in a lot of different ways. It's just going to really work on Gavin Bartholomew and say, how much of a lead role is he going to take on and how good is he at that lead role? Because they used a ton of 12 personnel last year. Wouldn't be surprising to see them do it. And you look at someone who could potentially become 
that tight end too. And I think that there are a few names. I think Carter Johnson, as we talked about, I think could definitely be that guy. Because I, I think that when you look at 100%, the potential of Devaney, and then you look at Johnson, I think Johnson's a more complete blocker. He's versatile, probably a little bit more so. Devaney, though, is that pure athlete, that pure size mismatch. can go above the rim. Johnson's a little smaller, but tough as nails. He can be used at essentially four different positions. So it's going to be the question, you know, are those guys essentially going to be co-tight end twos? I think that's certainly possible. I think Renda has some good mobility and some good upside in his smoothness and how he runs his routes. I think he's a little green on the blocking side, but I like the potential there. Might just need another year of seasoning, and that's okay. I think that Cole Mitchell is a guy that's big, lean, but strong and really technical in his blocking already. You can see the flashes just has to get a little bit more functional strength on his lower body. Uh, so I, I like his potential. But, I, again, he's more of a question mark, and so is Renda. A lot of these guys are question marks. But you have different archetypes here and different skill sets, and you can kind of mix and match whoever stands out, and then you can say, okay, this is how I'm building my offense. And the tight end position is going to be featured very heavily in this offense. This is going to be very important. I think that we're going to see Devaney and Johnson be co-tight end twos. I think you're going to see them in different roles. I think you're going to see Gavin Bartholomew maybe struggle a little bit early in the year to catch on completely, but I think as the season goes on, you're going to see this guy really heat up once he gets the full grasp of the full route tree of the tight end in the college game. So I'm excited to see what the tight ends do here and for XNA offense that features them very, very heavily. But first, folks, I want to switch now over to Pitt Baseball. But first, let me let you know about BetOnline because our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, MLB scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Pit baseball time. You got to love pit baseball. Right? Pit 100% is going at it right now. And they went to town on Georgia Tech today. I'm going to be real with you. I think that you have to come out of that pretty happy if you're pit because you just got swept by this team at home and then you come back in charlotte and you get them when it really matters off a huge sixth inning too gotta feel good for this team it really does have to feel good for this team they've had a lot of struggles over the past week or so and this was a big time thing for them so really uh, when you look at pitt's journey this year it's been an up and down one where they've had some great series against you know virginia louisville clemson some really good series some terrible ones against georgia tech late in egg really against notre dame lost against canisius the midweek games were a disaster for them so this has been an up and down year but this is gonna be a huge 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 game in terms of potential for their resume tomorrow against Louisville. Because Pitt's tournament resume right now, we I've, I've talked about this a lot. It's so complicated because you really don't know what they're going to do. RPI is down 67, but that can raise up a little bit. 
it's possible. You're 28 and 26. Your RPI is at 67, but your strength of schedule is at 29. And you climbed up the RPI pool in eight, a plus eight on the RPI pool because of that win. You have seven wins against the RPI top 25. Now you have those five quarter four losses still. So let's remember that. You still have that. And that's going to be a, a one that you just hate, right? One that's going to sting regardless. They won 14 games in a really tough ACC, though. That could potentially get you somewhere. It really could. Pitt's going to have to do some work here. But if they can advance past their pool, this is where we get into really interesting territory. Of the 12 teams currently in the ACC tournament, Pitt right now, according to D1 Baseball, is the only team that is not projected to make that field. Which would suck, right? It's essentially deja vu all over again for Pitt. In that they were so close but fell apart. Pitching hasn't been great recently, especially against Georgia Tech and Penn State. It just kind of fell apart on them. But today, you know, they had a few rough startings to that game. They had an error that really cost Gilbertson, but after really, you know, the Yellow Jackets went up 62, they didn't get anything else going. And Jonathan Batista, man, I'll tell you what, this young freshman has come in late in this year and has been so good for this team. So good for this team. Four shutout innings in this one, and it, and it was huge because if there's been a guy that has showcased to me every single bit of upside and every single bit of improvement this year, it has been this guy. What a what a game he pitched in this one. You know, got the save, but four innings, two hits, only one walk, two strikeouts. Fantastic job today by Jonathan Batista. Gilbertson doing a nice job as well. Only five innings, nine hits allowed, four earned runs. Two of those were not uh, earned. Only one strikeout, so not the greatest game for Matt Gilbertson today. But Jonathan Batista came in and really did a nice job. In pitch bats, I think this is the big thing, is that if you just get decent, competent pitching, you can come, you can put Pitt up against anybody. Because Pitt's bats are right where they were during that run earlier this year. They are hot. Pitt is absolutely smacking the cover off the baseball right now. Put up 12 runs in this one, including that big sixth inning, that Ron Washington Jr. home run, the Bryce Hewlett homer, Whalers double, Dom Popa getting involved, and Popa has been a real find for this team. You get C.J. Funk with two hits. You get so much production out of this lineup top to bottom, and you got to love it. You've got to love it. Everyone aside from Brock Franks in this lineup had a hit. Really fantastic stuff from this team. 16 hits in this one. And, and Pitt will take that any day of the week. Because this team can match with anyone. That includes Louisville. And Pitt just has to get that pitching. That bullpen has been terrible for them. And recently, the starters have gotten clunked up. Gilbertson got hit well today, but did just enough. And then Batista came in the back half and really shut things down. But he just pitched four innings. So he's not going to be available tomorrow. So the question is, if Billy Corcoran can do, say, a good job, but maybe it's a close game and, you know, you're up 3-2, to 4-2, to two, 
Who are you going to trust to come in? Is there another guy that you can trust? I don't know if there is right now. Baron Stewart's had stretches where he can be that guy, a big-time strikeout guy, but also a guy that's prone to the long ball. There have been stretches when C.J. McKinnon and Dylan Lester look good, but again, guys that have kind of trouble with their control. Brady Devereaux has been Jekyll and Mr. Jekyll and Hyde all year. I think if I had a guy to go to in this situation that I know could potentially be that guy, I would go to Brady Devereaux. I think that he is the guy that could maybe be kind of the cure-all. And you don't know that for sure. He's had an up and down gear that has been nothing short of an absolute roller coaster. That's no question. But the ERA is down at 475. And in his last few appearances, they've gone really well. Really well. We'll get his earned run average over his last few appearances. Get, dating back to the 8th of May against Duke, he has made seven appearances and has only lost three earned runs. During that, his ERAs dropped all the way from 615 against Oakland down to 475. I think Brady Devereaux has to be that arm that steps up in the back end of the bullpen and can be a big-time add for this team. And then you get past them, then you get to the semis, and, well, you are on Saturday, and at that point, you've got both of them probably available. So you have the full arsenal at that point. You're probably going to get Gilbertson on the hill, and that's where you got to get. you got to get to that point. Pitt probably, honestly, if they want to feel really good about their chances of making this dance, they're going to have to make it to the finals. I think, you know, the semis, you can definitely get an argument for them. But I think to feel really good about it, you got to get to the semis at the very least, and, and then we're talking about great chances, I think the finals. We'll see if Pitt's able to do that. I think it's going to all hinder upon their pitching, and I think that is going to be the big thing. Corcoran's going to have to have a really strong start. He's had a little bit of a rough patch here recently. They're going to need Billy Corcoran to really ace up here in this one. We'll see where Pitt baseball goes, but we will discuss that after tomorrow's game. So, folks, as always, thanks for listening. As always, hail to Pitt.